0: all right welcome to the armchair commanders podcast my name is john
1: and i'm jack
0: and this week we're joined by a friend of the show and loyal fan if you'd like to introduce yourself
2: hi my name is alec i'm a friend of uh, captain jack over here Uh, we've known each other for oh my i'd say uh, probably about 20 years now
1: since fall of two thousand five, it's entirely That's too long to is. have known Jack. Also, you're cu- you're coming in a little quiet, DP though. That might just be my headset. Oh, motherfucker! <laughs> is that better? Troopers, all yes, over again. much, much better.
0: Okay, because we're going to have to restart the shit.
1: <laughs> Wait, really?
0: Yeah, because it, it, you know that stupid shit that my headphones does with the.
1: I'm sorry. Well, at any rate. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: fine.
1: And yeah, we f- only recorded like a minute anyway. Yeah, exactly. Oh, f- fuck it. Everybody at home, deal with one minute of bad audio. <laughs> We're, um, but, but yeah, I've known Steiner since fall of 2005. He hasn't been able to get rid of me since. Yeah, he just sticks with you. Take that as you will. Mm-hmm. Like a parasite. But anyway, what's your introduction to this movie mr steiner
2: my introduction to this movie well um i mean star trek in general it's just uh been something that's just been in my life kind of ever since i can remember it's always been kirk and spock and the enterprise there my father uh is a huge uh, star trek fan as well and he had, he had them all on VHS when I was growing up. And so I was able to watch those pretty consistently. We didn't have cable or nothing like that when I grew up. So it was nothing but VHS and DVDs for me to watch. So uh, the original series, I'm really familiar with. Uh, Next Generation Voyager, up, yep, But Deep Space Nine is, is probably my favorite one out of all the shows that they have put out uh as far as the original series movies go uh that's a mixed bag man they've six movies and it's it's a roller coaster (laughs) to say the least
0: well last week i was talking to jack and he's like yeah we're doing star trek six i'm like don't we need to do one through five first he's like no you don't i'm like "Mm, i feel like i'm going to miss
2: something along the way and do you feel like you missed something along the way
0: yeah but i would have to so here's the thing is I i've always been more of a star wars guy myself mm. um that being said like mm. i have i've watched multiple episodes across the different you know variations of star trek i've seen uh two of the like most recent star trek movies so the concept of star Trek and just like its overall premise and some of the stuff in the universe is not foreign to me. Right. But I definitely felt out of the loop in this film.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can definitely understand that a little bit if you're not. Somewhat familiar with the previous movies and it's not even all of the movies really. I imagine from your standpoint <clears throat> you're you're probably a little bit confused as far as why Kirk hates these people so much, at least initially, because it's it's not until a little while like it's not until a yeah, few like... minutes after his outburst, uh, initial kind of uh aggression with you know he's talking with spock and he gets he gets angry he's 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 like let them die sort of uh, situation and you're like whoa well like a person just coming in is like whoa well i thought kirk was supposed to be a pretty cool dude what's what's all this and then like 10 minutes later you find out oh clans killed his son
0: also okay. he has a son what yeah exactly <laughs> um this is what i'm talking about it's like getting the the darth vader like no i am your father and then also he dies at the same moment like it it's a it's a lot to take in i was also uh i was very confused by the fact that everybody wearing red this time around didn't die and i was just waiting for
1: it to (laughs) see they caught wind of the meme (laughs) man those it
0: only took them six movies but they caught on
1: yeah right,
2: the uh those uniforms that they wear throughout that's Star Trek two through six that they wear those like same like almost uh, like British Navy like uniforms almost and it's but like you watch Star Trek one that they did in the seventies and everyone's like wearing really. Like, short sleeve shirts, like, V-necks, and just, they all look really comfortable and cool. And you just see them in these uniforms, they all just look hot and miserable. Stiff. Yeah. I I never liked those uniforms, either, in Star Trek. It was really in those movies, and then, like, a couple of, like, next-gen episodes where they're having flashbacks. You see those uniforms, but... Nah, oh, man. I'm all about that classic red, blue, uh, gold look. So...
1: so um, continue, Jack. Just just for clarification, the original colors, red was like engineering and security, right? Yes. Hence why so many uh, away teams died by the droves.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like- uh, Kirk, Kirk, McCoy... Hanson and Spock are going down to this planet's surface. Guess who's not coming back?
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget the family guy cutaway for that. Some of us may not survive on this alien planet. McCoy, you're with me. Spock, you too. And Bob, you as well. And, and then Bob's wearing a red shirt. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Man oh yes ooh also i was keeping track of this we went three minutes into this podcast without mentioning star wars it's only that long huh and I. speaking of star oh, wars what can, you like, ex-
0: what can you expect it is the superior franchise Ooh,
2: man that's are, right are, are, are we that's this? right i, it, I made that shot I'll, I'll say it's the more successful franchise but okay.
1: we're doing this yeah <laughs> Really fucking doing this? Oh no,
2: that's all I'm gonna say about it. I I enjoy both of them, but you know what? I I get it. I totally
0: get why people enjoy this franchise. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, oh no, I mean, everybody's got a preference. It's just your preference is wrong.
2: (laughs) Watch, watch all of Deep Space Nine, and then get back to me on that. But
0: I, I don't have the the testicular fortitude for that.
1: Testicular? He's talking about sitting on his balls. Oh. You're not supposed to sit on your whatever. Anyway, it's like a humpolog. My original point um, when they go to the uh, space Russian gulag, as you know, we've all been there, right? But to the gulag? They, <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. space Russian gulag. You're a to the gulag or a Pente, That's right. And they get uh, Kirk's about to get his ass kicked by that big hulking alien. <laughs> Do, uh, doesn't have his translator but then um space well space B- david bowie's wife i can't remember her her name imam S- space nope. well yeah that's the name of the character but imam plays her oh or i that got that version of her yeah yeah and she like talks down the big brutish alien and then he just fucks off now i couldn't find anything on that alien he's literally just listed as brute and that's it but if this were Star Wars, there'd be an entire wiki page long lore on the history of that species, where they're from, their cultures, how they mate and everything. But Star Trek's like, here's a big alien. Fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we don't need the, to explain shit.
2: Well, yeah. It's like, it's an alien. It's big. It's uh, it. Yeah. That's like that alien is literally there just to bully Kirk for that scene. They, they weren't <laughs> like... um fucking william shatner and leonard nimoy didn't go to a writer's room and they're like now make a backstory for this entire alien race and this (laughs) one particular character and then keep this one particular character in everything else star trek related for the rest of time ad nauseum."
0: (laughs) what i did like was a couple of minutes later when he was fighting and uh he kicks one of the aliens like in the kneecap and he's like man it's a good thing i uh took him out at the at the knees and good thing he had the, knees. that wasn't yeah, his knee. <laughs> yeah and the chick's like not every species keep their genitals in the same place as you and it's like did we really just do a like nut kicking joke here yep. like, yeah yes they did <laughs> And it even made like a cracking noise. Yeah, It sounded I, It was kind of a. I I just remember thinking like, man, this is a weird way for him to react to being kicked in the knee
2: because it was that like,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: the wide-eyed <laughs> expression. Yeah, uh, it was, it's it's great because Kirk is is learning. I know it feels like with this movie like a as if Kirk almost didn't have the events of the original series of like learning that aliens can be different, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's like shocked that, it, that an alien could have testicles on its knees. Uh but but no, this 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 movie is racist. <laughs> no. Uh it's uh, they they bring that up though in during the dinner scene about how the Federation's ideas of uh, inalien rights uh, the Klingons say say you guys hear yourself it just sounds so racist you talk you think that everyone is just like you and should like follow your same ideals sort of thing
1: <laughs> no damn me- it, we
2: want to keep our slaves. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, what are we supposed to do? Take the Klingons seriously? All what I will say is I I know that the Klingons are in this universe the like token bad War, warrior race. Group, whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. From this movie, all I gathered is that they are literally the equivalent of the barbarians in Sid Meier's Civilization, and I don't know, like it you know it's like you said at the beginning william shatner's like Fuck them let them die and i'm like i can't argue with that i guess i mean all they've been is a nuisance up to this point
1: like why do we care like but they're trying for uh, galactic peace yeah you know something
0: galactic peace neighbors. seems like it might be a little easier
1: without the one warring group of assholes are you advocating what i think you're advocating because that's not very prime directive of you i'm just saying the nazis caused a lot of problems and then we got rid
0: of them and then there stopped being a lot of problems but but they're on the cusp of
2: galactic peace
0: yeah you know what would push that along
2: it it would (laughs) also genocide yeah it also cost hundreds no there's there's no genocide here
0: they destroyed their planet they can ride out the consequences, just like we will in however many decades or hundreds of years, like, it is what it is. We fucked up, we're going to pay the price
1: someday. But the dad from that 70s show <laughs> wants peace for his people.
2: Well, so here's something to consider. So the the Kleons in this, they're essentially the representation of of, of Russia because this this movie was made as kind of a last hurrah they they wanted redemption after the fucking fever dream of Star Wars 5 The Final Frontier. That's a bizarre movie. No one needs to watch it unless you really want to hurt yourself. But it's it, it was just a weird journey of William Shatner's ego getting out of control and people not like stopping it. But anyway, uh, Star Trek Six is kind of uh, an I. Gene Roddenberry's kind of ideal situation of galactic peace. Whole point of the Federation is that everybody on Earth, like, got over their their petty bullshit like racism and and stuff like that, uh, and actually joined in in one peaceful government for the advancement of science and technology and uh, eventually it became much grander than that but you know that that was always his vision so that's the whole point of this kind of peace endeavor and them being a representation of, of russia during the cold war Planet praxis exploding is, is supposed to be reminiscent of the chernobyl explosion where it's not like it. Cause it's not like uh, it was the defining thing to end Russia, but it was something that definitely weakened them and prompted them to tear down the wall and uh, no longer become uh, no longer be a communist nation.
0: And the gulag represented the gulag, yes. <laughs> yeah. And the gulag represent,
2: yeah. I wonder what they meant by the gulags. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that guy freezing the, to death in seconds.
0: Yeah, the film I I appreciate the allegory, but it seemed a bit on the
2: nose. Just a bit. Yes.
1: <laughs> Man, Christopher Plummer hamming it up as the villain. Cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Christopher Plummer got to sling Shakespeare lines, so all he had to do was put on, like, 100 pounds of makeup and cosmetics.
1: He's just screaming that while spinning around in his captain's chair. That
0: was a, a fun line that I enjoyed, was, like, Shakespeare is so much better in Klingon. I'm like,
1: is it?
2: You can listen to it all in Klingon <laughs> online if you want to. I've never done it myself. I just know you can. That's um, an
1: in-universe thing, is it? we're Klingon... Klingons are obsessed with Shakespeare.
2: Yeah, they love him. They, they huh. love Shakespeare in, uh, within the series. Like in Deep Space Nine, uh, that's something that Worf likes to do. He likes to just sit in his his cabin and listen to Klingon Shakespeare.
0: <laughs> what do you think is the best adaptation of Shakespeare into Klingon? I would have to imagine that like Julius Caesar would translate very well, but Romeo and Juliet would
1: not would not be over now
2: man i never thought about
1: romeo and juliet actually i yeah what what do they what do they get out of romeo and juliet (laughs) (laughs) this tragedy pleases me (laughs) remember kids don't fall in love dedicate your life to war (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: they they just never got romeo and juliet like they just never received that copy or (gasps) like when they did get it the sensors were just just like ooh, this is weird, and then they just like threw it in a burn pile or something.
0: It <laughs> fell off the back of the uh, pickup truck bed of the spaceship, delivering all the Shakespeare.
1: Ooh, and that one fell into
2: a black hole.
1: That was an- another thing I was going to bring up. I got- one of my favorite scenes in this was when the uh, Enterprise is bullshitting their way into. Klingon territory, and they're being hailed by that one guy. As like, identify yourself over. Identify yourself over. Identify yourself over. And then a cuts to them scrambling with translation books. Books, yeah.
0: Okay. I need, I need to... All right, this is one of two of my biggest beefs in this movie. We're in the future on a <laughs> oh, goddamn God. <laughs> spaceship, and you're telling me that the only way that they have to translate a foreign language is with paper books you're so, telling me that you're telling me that this fucking spaceship doesn't have some sort of translation computer on it it, it was I'm damaged not, in the
2: fighting I'm, I'm not gonna defend the logic of that i'm gonna defend the what they were going for in the scene and that was they're trying to be funny and it's much funnier <laughs> having them rifling through physical <laughs> books and pages rather than them be on like a data pad being like oh we need this translated
1: yeah it, it, it was pretty fucking funny and her and her butchering the klingon grammar and syntax it's great and, and then them and then them letting them buy anyway
2: well they were drinking you could see, you could see oh bottles yeah. of whatever alcohol there call them back Here's and laugh klingon blood wine
0: <laughs> here's my here's my second beef and it's also technology related. Mm-hmm. Again, we're in the future, right? Way in the future. Really? We've developed deep space travel, advanced travel. advanced space weapons, teleportation technology. And at one point, someone brings up you know they're arguing over. you know they're they're doing their sleuthing you know sherlock holmes moment of like well if we didn't shoot at the klingon ship during this assassination attempt then it would have had to have been another ship well if it was another ship then the klingons would have seen it
2: mm-hmm.
0: not unless it was invisible oh you think the klingons are going to believe oh there was an invisible ship like we're just making stuff up i'm like really Invi- invisibility technology that's the line we're drawing here of like stupid like oh yeah invisible spaceship you're stupid for thinking that's real come on like
1: and, and of all def- the th- like think fucking like magnet
0: a- boots are a real thing but not invisibility
1: think uh, think like a klingon though like the shot came from their direction humans do have beef they ended the dinner very awkwardly and then it's just oh we, we didn't shoot you it, it must have been a, a ghost ship or something i don't know about you but i would not buy that at all i would i would go up with the re- the the black flag raised well the and... way the way it came across
0: to me was you're stupid for thinking that invisibility is a viable technology you were saying that...
2: oh no i i like this perspective because i mean dp like you said, you're, you know, the, the general just like beam me up, Scotty, like set phasers to stun stuff like that. Um, of, of Star Trek, uh, just through, a, um, osmosis. But, uh, <laughs> so in Klingons have cloaking technology. It's like something that them and the Romulans have had for years, but the Federation just like just struggle to make that shit work. Uh, and hmm. and so the the ludicracy of the statement to them is that um always historically in the show when they fire with the ships they have to decloak so that's like the one weakness of the cloaking device is that if they have to use their weapons they have to drop their cloak because of like some way that it channels the power and the like ship, I don't know. energy and whatnot yeah 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 sense. yeah and, okay. and they they like continue that throughout this series there's never like a moment that mm-hmm. I'm aware of that like any ship can can firewall cloaked it's like just in this movie that, that they have that
0: okay uh, so going on. this is this is one of those moments where not being a regular participant in the series has has backfired on me
2: right yeah okay um, yeah and I'm trying to think um well in and, and it's 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 a downside to not even just being familiar with the series, but just um, not having seen at least one of the previous movies, and that one would just be Star Trek Three, where like all the the main shit goes down for like why Kirk doesn't like the Klingons anymore, um, like what Klingon ships are capable of, all that stuff. Like they have the scene where the ship is cloaked and they're like waiting because they have to wait for the perfect moment because they have to drop their cloak and all that stuff um and and so you get that but if you haven't seen it or any star trek beforehand, yeah you're you're a bit lost as to why scotty's screaming and raving about how starfleet's going to make fun of them because they're ranting and raving about a ship that can fire while it's cloaked
1: um where's it going oh yeah i i was gonna bring this up earlier but forgot i I've only seen the three modern Star Treks. I haven't seen any of the older movies aside from this one, and I I didn't feel like I was missing much. I feel like I was caught up. I mean, yeah, I, I guess Sulu's a captain now. That was the only thing I was missing. Oh my! Yeah, George Takei.
2: <laughs> He's um. I was trying to think. I wonder if that's mainly just because, you know, you've you've just caught so much more of the star trek references from just being around me all these years (laughs) And, and you're just like more familiar with with the universe just a bit more uh than john is
1: possibly i did i was on the fence about the whole star trek thing until years ago i was on like a six hour flight and one of the movies available was the new Star Trek movie. So I'm like, okay, I got nothing better to do. So I watched it. I was like, holy shit, that's pretty good. And I yeah. watched the second one. <laughs> it was it was all right, you know. It wasn't bad, but it was enough to keep me invested. Sure. And this was right about when the third one came out. Beyond, and it had just left theaters by the time I got back to Verm. And so then I just streamed it on my laptop. Don't tell the Feds. Okay. <laughs> safe with me. <laughs> and all and all ten of our listeners. Yeah, don't worry.
2: I'm sure they're all kosher.
1: Well, you got it from Amazon, didn't you? Yeah, right? you're. Yeah, that's right. See, from Amazon, from my homie Bezos, and I watched a couple of a uh, couple episodes of the original series with Frank. And then a couple more when the COVID lockdowns happened. And then it left Netflix. Yeah, Paramount Plus obviously has all those. I gotta Paramount say, Paramount Plus.
0: Paramount, Paramount Plus, great in theory, terrible in execution. I mean, they they have the rights to a lot of terrific shows. It's just their platform is so shitty. Oh, yeah, hardly, have,
2: hardly works on like uh xbox console
0: yeah because i i do it on playstation and i gave up on it after like a half hour because like i had to keep i i put on like ink master for just some background noise and it kept freezing like every four minutes and i'm like what the
1: fuck like no <laughs> this turned from a star trek podcast into a rant about paramount plus which okay yeah that's fair shit talking paramount plus i mean i'm fine with that and i i can't believe we're nearly half an hour in and i haven't mentioned the one thing i was going to set out to mention the glorious cgi klingon blood in the <laughs> boarding scene i was
0: gonna say i didn't realize what was it blue or purple purple,
1: purple like light
0: purple
2: yeah,
1: wish that's my blood a, is purple.
2: That's because I—I I kid you not. That's a PG-rated movie from
1: 1991. Man, they used to make kids differently back then. <laughs> Seems so. I just—I love I the just, fact
0: that they uh, tried doing CPR on him, and the equivalent of it is just punching him in the chest multiple times,
2: trying to restart his heart by punching him. Yeah, assuming that that's where his heart was. But uh, Bones, <laughs> Bones McCoy is a smart man. We'll we'll just we'll just assume he knows what he's doing. <laughs> but i mean even he states later on he's he's like i don't i have the proper knowledge or equipment
0: for god's sake i'm an actor not a doctor
1: <laughs> wait
2: what <laughs> i do like that that scene when well that that whole scene when they're they're being tried uh, that they, they, have, they have michael dorn there playing Wharf's like great grandfather i think it is uh and uh and and my uh chris uh oh gosh i just forgot the the judge's name there but no uh that that whole scene where he's talking to uh, interviewing mccoy and questioning him he's like what is your current medical status apart from a touch of arthritis pretty good and then there's that one Klingon <laughs> somewhere in the hall who just busts <laughs> out laughing <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have a do you like the little wits, doctor
0: uh, do you like the little all- allusion to uh the nuremberg trials with the little like listening headsets mm-hmm. I was like man you're really really trying here guys
2: yeah, if you look really close while watching the movie you can see like the the crappy little like rubber Matte paint like wearing off on on one of those little translator. By saying it looks really cheap uh, when you look at it, and I, that like highlights what the budget was like for this movie. Oh, the, the I could
0: this... I could tell the budget on this movie by the stellar fake mustaches that were being worn.
2: Oh yeah, I mean it. Oh, man, uh, the so ILM did. The, the effects for this movie like that's ILM just, uh, that's uh, light and magic the, the, this is the company that George Lucas created to tackle the problem of making Star Wars Episode 4
1: Yeah.
0: so what you're saying is George Lucas is trying to
1: sabotage Star Trek 6 <laughs> sure you could say that oh, yeah. oh man we're going down a rabbit hole here it's all coming together. It's all- it all makes yeah. sense. Yep. The grassy knoll. Wait, uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the whole the... assassination oh. plot.
0: There were two ships. One of them just happened to be invisible. See, we can make this work.
2: Yeah. Well, it's. And they're, they're like, kind of foreshadowing this, too. Once again, this is Star Trek nerdy shit that. Regular moviegoers get lost on, but when when Spock is there talking about, we've detected a n- neutrino surge, blah 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 blah. So, layman audience, it's like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, and during that like, moment, like, I, like, was like, like, I was like, I was like, what? I've
0: heard these words. I don't know what they mean, but I've heard these words.
2: Yeah, and like Kirk is getting concerned, and he's like asking people around. Everyone's too hungover to care, and <laughs> but like the audience for. For weird nerds like me you hear that and you're like oh there's a cloaked ship somewhere and it's so then that's like in the back of your mind throughout the scene enterprise fires I mean it's kind of like at that point you kind of know what's going on but you're just waiting for them to confirm that they have a ship that can firewall cloaked
1: yes
0: man every time every time you say the word cloaked i just envision like you know the like Like stereotypical i i imagine like some creepy dude in a park wearing a big overcoat who gets arrested for indecent exposure and i don't know why my brain is thinking of that but every time you say cloak i just imagine like a spaceship in that same trench coat
2: you know it's funny that you say that they reference the cleanons as the public masturbators of the galaxy what? Oh, just kidding. No. Oh, I thought you were being serious for a second.
0: <laughs> oh my god! I'm just going to take your word on it.
2: Is the trench coat wearing aliens of the universe. No, just kidding. Uh, a the clans are obviously very uh, warrior race stereotype. Um, yeah, for the. And it's and it's weird to think about how they how they got like warp capabilities warp drives and thing and like teleportation technology and stuff since they're just like primarily like a race that that's like like "Eh, beat people up kick them
0: (laughs) you don't don't need to learn anything if you just take stuff this is
2: true yeah wouldn't be surprised if that's how they found it i just imagine like like there's just that that one clan on the planet who's who's got like glasses on and like a lab coat and he's like like they're in a the lab and other clans come in with their regular garb
1: so like, what are you doing nerd and just like start pushing him or he's like stop i'm trying to develop warp technology so it's funny you mention that because there's a trope literally called klingon scientists get no respect <laughs> you know i don't think i've ever heard of that before <laughs> yeah i'm gonna pull up the page now but it's basically it's basically what it says on the tin, you know. Like, proud warrior race, they've they've got to have some scientists, and the ones they do just get treated like shit, even though they're vital to society's function. Exactly. Yeah, Klingon scientists get no respect. There's <laughs> even a little comic: someone who doesn't follow the quirk of their people is looked down upon, despite their job being essential to society. Right, okay, action.
2: That's great. That must be how, you know, the... So they're just like every other
0: scientist, then.
2: That, that must just be how the soldiers feel within the Federation when, you know, after this whole, uh, whole ordeal. Or, I mean, how the bad guys feel, even, that they're just going to be, you know, uh, made obsolete.
1: They um, invert this in the Orville... The exa, exa- exaleans whatever. Species known for their incredible strength and endurance. However, as revealed in one episode, they're actually a society of peaceful scientists who tend to look down on any non-intellectual profession.
2: Oh yeah. I, I know who you're talking about now. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> they
0: So so they're the um actually assholes.
2: <laughs> um <Yeah>. actually <laughs> Yeah, they're considered like using their <clears throat> when they're not on their own planet we're talking about the Orville oh Jesus um <laughs> anyway uh when they're not it's on... all
0: the same shit Star Wars Star Trek Orville
2: I mean That's Orville all the same orville's, orville's just a better Star Trek uh than what Star Trek's currently putting out right now uh it's, <laughs> it just has fart jokes in it is all uh, but no we're, we're getting off topic here guys
1: yeah we never mind that's what we do every episode but... it is. star trek uh, all right
0: tell me this captain yes.
1: oh are you talking <laughs> oh, to, you oh talking geez to it's Jack? on now
0: no uh, was was anybody here shot i know you've seen this before alec but um was was anybody shocked that the one not original character who was spock's protege ended up being the secret bad person it's it's like you are the only one who's not like anyone else here therefore you have to be the the, i don't know
1: it just i don't know i'm still convinced it was dax
2: (laughs) you're right he's the secret agent he's gonna finish everything off, he'll finish what they all started. But no, um, no, that that is a good point, uh, especially for someone who's just coming into this this movie. Uh, to be fair, Spock's protege from the previous movies did not attempt to portray them in any manner. So, in a way, it was a little bit like unexpected, but only a little bit. They foreshadow it. Um. In the movie, when you have those two officers after the uh, ambassadors leave to go have dinner, and get fucked up on rum and ale, uh, they talk about man, you smell them. It's like only the top of the line models can talk. She's and she's there. Says mm-hmm. you have things to do. Like she phrases it as a question. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Hop to it.
1: Yeah, at at the time, you don't really think about it. You're just like, oh, okay, that's a senior officer keeping the shitheads in line, but but looking back on it with context, (laughs) rule number one of assassins, kill the assassin. Yeah. (laughs) Rule number 34 of the assassins.
2: (laughs) I do like uh, uh, the the whole like scene where you know they're, they're searching they're in the kitchen and they're they're trying to find the the spacesuits and whatever and uh Chekov's like why not just weep raise them Weepers. with his finger like a gun and then <laughs> Valeris just tired of his shit, just pulls P- pulls, pulls out open a strap. pulls out a phaser and she's like, like this, and then vaporizes a pot in the kitchen that some cook was just mashing potatoes in.
1: <laughs> hey, bitch, I was using that. Yeah, but...
0: Also, can we talk about like, does anybody actually want to eat those mashed potatoes? Because they,
1: they just stayed it, there.
0: Yeah, they didn't move. <laughs> like, <laughs> seemed kind of thick.
1: Yeah. yeah. Here, here's where like, I like things eat... thick, but not my mashed potatoes here's where i'd make a joke about military cooking but <laughs> i'm above that but this is where
2: so th- this is where the nerdy part comes in and i'm wondering why they're not just using fucking replicators for their food and why they have a cook staff there because replicators are a thing that's that's been in the original series because and, in the future
0: on. there's zero unemployment <laughs>
2: Hey, what are your skills i'm a cook you okay with spaceflight? Uh, yeah you're hired get up there <laughs> make make me some stiff mashed potatoes will you
0: i want some mashed potatoes that are thick with seven C's.
1: yeah
2: also Man. it's kind of it's kind of odd that just the pot that was holding the mashed potatoes got vaporized but the the uh the whisk and the potatoes themselves did not <laughs>
1: and like after that happens like four different people i guess a couple seconds apart come in was there a phaser fire yeah
2: <laughs> also so
0: that, does that mean that mashed potatoes are impervious to phasing
2: i mean apparently you need to just rub that all over yourself yeah to just not become disintegrated by phasers what, what are mashed potatoes armor of the
0: future <laughs>
2: it's and all that starch
1: <laughs> hey scotty get in here so I hear the warp engine's inoperable. What you're talking about, sir? It's better than like a kitten. It, no, seriously, Scotty, I hear the warp engine's inoperable pauses. You're right, Captain. She'll be out for three weeks. Playing <laughs> <laughs> so, on
2: parts. So uh did you guys ever wonder while you're watching that, why all the old people were doing all like the action stuff? Like, especially at the end when they're like uh, beaming down to stop the assassin and save the president and to capture the uh the the dissidents and, and and stuff and they send all of the like 60 plus year olds with phasers to go do it and not like the security forces or like any of the people who are like 25 like really fucking fit <laughs> and stuff down there
1: because because old people <laughs> i
0: don't know primary characters i
2: <laughs> i mean it was basically that like they they needed to fit people in like walter koenig who played Chekhov, Nichelle nichols uh who played uhura and uh james duhan who, who played scotty they needed to like shoehorn them into scenes to satisfy uh contractual goals because these these folks refuse to be in the movie unless they had like x amount of screen time so you have like that scene when they confront dax in the quarters they just have everyone like crammed in in one one scene there just like cool we got that was 10 seconds down there guys on the next scene like you only, <laughs> that, have, tw- uh, you only have 20 more minutes of allotted screen time
0: it's very reminiscent of a conversation we had with last week's episode we uh we discussed Lone Survivor last week. And uh, are you familiar with uh, a guy named Dan Bilzerian?
2: No, I'm not. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're a better person for it. Let me see. Phone. Hello, phone. Dan Bilzerian.
0: Anyways, he he's just a professional douchebag. And uh, he paid a million dollars to be in the Lone Survivor movie. On the condition that he would get like eight minutes of screen time. And he had approximately four seconds. So. He ended up suing the film. Oh. Books. Oh, but He's it's written, written there. books. He has written a book. Well, somebody wrote a book and then he put his name on it. So.
2: <laughs> what an alpha male cover that is. Um. What did what uh what is it called the
0: setup all right that on his instagram uh he put up a thing he's like help me name my book and everybody's like how to be a douchebag 101 it's shit like that damn that's not what this is shit no a ton of people he's he's not a liked person this is
2: wait, what? This doesn't make any sense. Sorry, I'm looking at Amazon at this book. It's like Kindle twenty bucks, hardcover thirty bucks, you know, whatever. Paperback though. $155 for a paperback copy of this stupid book. Okay. Isn't it usually the other way around? The hardcover. Yeah, usually are the,
0: the Usually hardcovers are the most, then it's paperback, and then the ebook version is supposed to be the cheapest. But I digress. Um,
2: <laughs> now, Dan Bilzerian's name will f- forever be tagged with any sort of Star Trek
1: reference now. Way to go, guys. Yeah, yeah done you're it. welcome.
0: Should I tag him when I, when I post this episode?
1: We should ask him to be a guest. Oh, oh
0: my man. fucking God. Please don't subject me to that.
1: Fine. I'll settle for John Hinckley Jr., then.
0: <sighs> I'm... You are lucky you are an entire state away.
1: <laughs> come get me then, bitch.
0: <laughs> You're not worth it.
1: What it's like a hundred dollars for a flight to pier. It's come like two hundred. Oh. You can afford it. And also, your... do
0: you expect me to trust an airline called Key Lime Air?
2: Yes. When their prices are that affordable, how can you not?
0: <laughs> I would like my airplane not to be held together by duct tape. One of the best that's forms fine. of that was the pie. previous company.
1: Yeah, it's fine. You could. I was gonna bring up something else, but um, so the guns—is that how guns look in the Star Trek universe? Oh, sorry, phasers. Phasers. That's right.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was really confused what you're trying to reference <laughs> until you said phasers, and I was like, I definitely know what he's talking about now. Um, I yeah they. That's how they've they've looked in the original series. Uh, only in um, the next generation and onward do they change looks. Like they go from looking like I don't know. I guess how you think of what an alien ray gun looks like to a dildo. Uh, to to no to looking like <laughs> one of those like those uh, like price check uh, scanners that you you used to see in like Walmart aisles.
0: Oh, kind of like the, the portal gun from Rick and Morty.
2: Yeah, it looks um, a little bit like that, kind of, yeah.
1: What what was the one where their uh, phasers look like remotes and probably were?
2: That is... Um, well, they, they had one in the original series that didn't look like your typical phaser. And they called it um, a disintegrator. Mm. And it literally looks like
1: a one... Button remote. <laughs> what does the disintegrator do? <laughs> Stand in front of it and find out.
2: Yeah, then that's when you hear the this the phaser sounds, and then then a person glows red and then disappears from the screen. <laughs> and you hear all this talk of da, da,
0: da, all and this and talk of phasers just reminded me of a of a dodgeball quote. This is my team. Laser, Blazer,
1: Phaser, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> also, I I don't believe we've done this yet, but what's everyone drinking? Go ahead, John. Uh
0: well, I'm at ice cubes now, but I I did have a a gin and tonic, so nice what did you with have a, with Check. a little a little Let's slice see. of lime
1: I'm having what I had last week it's um sour ale called kickball or sorry raspberry kickball oh. sour ale with raspberry and it's by remedy brewing out of Sioux Falls yeah I know they. I've had it before it's really good uh, I mean it's, it's no berry noir but it is pretty good <laughs> Yes, you know, still it's, it's no,
0: princess yum yum, but... mm-hmm. <laughs> no princess yum yum, but.
1: Sure. Princess yum yum. Don't knock until you try it, Jack. I'm tempted. It's a, re-
0: Alec, it's a recurring joke at this point. Um, A few weeks back, we had one of the cast members from Band of Brothers on. Mm. And we were sharing our drinks. And that week I was drinking. Wait. Was I drinking Princess Yum Yum that week? Yeah,
2: you were. Well, I'm pretty sure you were. I feel that Jack has told me this story, didn't he? Say something along the lines of like Yeah, he I just
0: go, yeah like he, he's you're like beat
2: up for drinking that. He's like, yeah, you get your
0: your teeth kicked if you drink something like that around here. I'm <laughs> like, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> the look of
0: English disgust
1: on his face when he said that
0: too. I don't know. Last week, I uh, from the same brewery, I drank a beer called peach daddy and it was a peach cobbler ale (laughs) so oh god
1: (laughs) so does this we're refined here in colorado clearly does this does this company just make the most kinky sounding drinks no i mean those are the the, those are pretty much the only two that are (laughs) oh oh, those are the outliers got it yeah (laughs) so they have like a pretzel beer too
0: that's pretty okay
1: so i really want to try romulan ale
2: that's for some reason say that uh because that's what i'm drinking you're
0: drinking Romul romulan ale that's an actual thing
2: uh well it's an actual mixed drink uh that you can make here uh it's uh sorry gin vodka white rum and uh, um blue kiriko and sprite hmm.
0: huh.
2: I'll be and damned then, and then the also other, the other thing I'm ju- drinking oh sorry go ahead
0: I was going to say I, I just googled it there's a Star Trek spirits company uh, and they also make a Romulan ale rye whiskey and it comes in a really fun looking bottle it's a yeah. hundred it's a hundred bucks though
2: jeez I'd probably buy that maybe sometime I mean the
0: bottle looks cool very futuristic
2: is it like a curved bottle, sort of like a curved? It's on it?
0: it's got some like Fallout New Vegas vibes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the
2: The other thing I'm drinking is um this. It's called a and That's that's a that's in the Star Trek universe. That's a Klingon like steamed coffee. I, the the it's always a joke that the Klingons there's there uh, this. Mean warrior race, but they make like the best coffee in the universe.
1: Hmm. I'll and be so damned.
2: Everybody drinks Ractagenos, but this is, this obviously isn't clear on coffee. This, this one was a really easy, just Kahlua coffee liqueur and vodka with ice, crushed ice.
1: Also, is, is the reason Romulan ale illegal because of an embargo or is it illegal because of the effects it causes?
2: It's an, em- an embargo on it ah. because it's think of it like Cuban cigars.
1: Ah, oh. that's that's that, basically that what
2: that's basically what Romulan ale was until the embargo is lifted, due to their military alliance to fight the Dominion in Deep Space Nine. We're also getting off track again from this movie. going into
1: no, the... it's on track to the Star Trek universe, I'd say. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but um. Was I gonna say shit? I was just surprised
0: that they uh, made it off the planet Hoffa intact.
2: <laughs> that was that was another it's funny snow, scene. Snow Gulag, <laughs> I mean Dilithium mines
1: of uh, Rurapenta. Yep. You couldn't have waited two seconds. He was gonna tell me everything. <laughs> you want me to send you back? No. <laughs> Cold. I like just yeah just the quips of a crew that's been together for years mhm like
2: there's there's so many in this movie alone there's so many characters in it, or like actors who've played multiple characters throughout Star Trek shows or in previous movies uh to like god I should have put a list together is there so many I can't remember them all, uh, like the the gulag guy? That's uh, you said you've watched the new motion picture, like Star Trek two thousand nine. Jack. Yep. Yeah, he's that that actor. He's in there. He he plays the Vulcan who's like talking to Spock, and he's he's like been accepted to the Vulcan Science Academy despite your hindrance having a human mother. That's the same guy. Huh. What a fucking racist. Yeah, right?
1: I uh, thought then, you guys were supposed to be logical. Yeah. You have tried 126 times to elicit a response out of me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the um, Oh, man. They, I mean, obviously, Michael Dorn is, is in it as well, playing Worf's great grandfather, Worf's recurring character, Next Generation in Deep Space Nine. Uh, they. Gosh, uh in the director's cut which i told jack was kind of a little bit like it adds like 10 minutes of scenes that adds this kind of like background subplot where that is a clean on assassin that you see get shot out of the window by James Doohan at the end of the movie yeah that's uh, very Scotty uh at the end of the movie he uh that that turns out to actually be a uh an alliance or a starfleet officer in like a cleon disguise to, huh. to to make the uh uh the federation think that the clans were retaliating for killing gorkin uh and anyway that assassin is uh constable odo from deep space
1: Nine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean kurtwood smith was like he was a next generation voyager as two different characters as well and uh Oh is it James Wagner? No. Yeah. Anyway, the guy who plays Gorkin, he was literally in Star Trek V The Final Frontier, as a human ambassador in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh one of one of the admirals who uh who is like, We should go to war with them. That way we'll be able to dictate terms better. That that's the main character, Benjamin Cisco's father in Deep Space 9, is and he was also in Star Trek 4 uh, as the same admiral as well. But all these people, they're they're huge Star Trek fans. And the the reason why there's such a star-studded cast on here is because all these people were willing to work at a very low cost because <laughs> they're huge fans of the show.
1: And you just can't put a price on that, right? Which I think that's a I think that's beautiful, really. That there's such fans of this and this series, Star Trek, was the original hardcore sci-fi fandom. Yeah,
2: yeah. The uh, the Star Trek the original series really like tried to use as much scientific data as they could at, in the time you know for what it was in the 60s uh, but it wasn't until next generation that like Gene Roddenberry was like alright we need like firm numbers here when we're talking about warp speeds and stuff we can't just go off of whatever the writers want it to be this week and so like in next gen they get like even more nerdier than they did in the original series
1: cool yeah it really should pick back up the OG series, but Paramount Plus is hoarding it like a dragon. <laughs> it is precious. a treasure.
2: My precious. If you if you want if you want, Jack, I just have I, I have the complete series here at home, all on um totally not ripped DVDs or anything. That we got <laughs> from a family friend back in the day.
1: Legally obtained from Amazon, of course, who is the sponsor of this, maybe, no. <laughs> Probably not.
0: This Today's episode is brought to you by bootleg pirated DVDs from Thailand. Some of my favorite video games came that way back in the, the PS1 days, and my dad was still in the military. Coming home, trips from uh, Thailand, I always got like, The newest, hottest games, but they were bootleg copies of them. So I got to play Tomb Raider, but it was only uh, half of the screen. Oh, so made jumping over pits kind of kind of
1: difficult. (laughs) It was
2: already difficult as it is. Jeez.
1: But yeah, do you have anything else to add, Steiner?
2: Oh, I could talk about this all day, but I'm sure you gentlemen would like to get to bed. It's a bit late where i'm at at least
1: it's midnight yeah. so it's young.
0: for our episodes we do custom ratings um it's usually one to five whatever things and we try and pick some item that is uh, a good representation of the the show so i don't i don't want to be presumptive here but i feel like one to five mounds of mashed potatoes would be a, a good metric. I
1: was I was going to pick uh, one to five kicked knee scrotums. What do you think, Steiner? Oh, man. I don't know. The mashed potatoes haunt
2: me at night, so... <laughs> Alright, the
0: all lumps right. of
1: mashed potatoes.
0: Scale of one to
1: five mashed potatoes. So, I give this Um, four piles of mashed potatoes and then one slightly soggy pile. So about 4.5, I'd say. Okay. I had a good time with this movie.
0: I, I, okay. So I know I've, I've been ripping on this film. Um, and I, I, I know you're, you're a big Trek guy. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just it's just who i am i am a dick um
2: <laughs> that's fair that's fair no you're willing to admit it and that's great uh,
0: <laughs> the first part of recovery um so as a as a guy who's not really into star trek um you know like i said at the beginning i felt like i could have used some if I had watched some of the other movies or if I had watched more of the original series, I think I would have enjoyed or understood this movie better, but watching this film just stand alone with just very limited, basic knowledge of the universe. Uh, it, it was entertaining. Don't entertaining. Don't get me wrong, but it it just didn't really do it for me. Um, and then you know of you know, it's it's very much a '90s movie. Um, oh, very much so. I think I think for that I have to give it two two piles of mashed potatoes.
2: Oof, two piles of mashed potatoes. Oof. But yeah, I the- I think
0: there's room for this to go up to like a three or a three and a half piles of mashed potatoes. But that that would be under the premise that I had watched other Star Trek stuff and understood the universe better.
2: I, I feel I, like um, that rating could go up if you watched number two, three, and and four. Four is uh, honestly, I, I think that's it. That's just a really good movie in general. But it does help, you know, if you're a fan of, of the series, definitely. But it's just such a crazy premise and. You, you you don't really need to know the characters for what they're going for there. And plus, the, they're not contractually obligated to give everyone X
1: amount of screen time. I, and the ni- the whole 90s thing, I've mentioned it before, but I, I just love 90s sci-fi where there's advanced cybernetics and interstellar travel, but people still use pay phones and books to look things up. <laughs>
0: Or it's like uh, when we watch Starship Troopers and they were sending uh, video messages via floppy disk. Yeah,
1: <laughs> At- what was it? AT and T is the yeah. global communications network. Uh, like, um, like in
2: Star Trek Six, the once Spock says, "There's an old Vulcan proverb: uh, Only Nixon could go to China." When he's talking about why the Enterprise has to be the olive branch here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Jack, what does is, what is the critics
1: rate this? What was the good old tomometer say? What was your rating, Steiner?
2: Oh, I'd, oh yes. i give this, like, with all the other Star Trek movies, i I give it probably about four mashed potatoes. Maybe about three point nine mashed potatoes. Honestly, it's it's a good movie, but like I said, it's not my absolute favorite. But I do like the, um, the how it ends, particularly, mm-hmm. the, the ending. It's it's just so final. It's the classic going off into the sunset, and I don't know that the, the line is just so memorable for me, of second star to the right and
1: straight on till morning see i always thought that came from a pirate movie not star trek six well it's like it's
2: like that the the scene rather Khan one so spoilers things uh it's like he uh he was the most human
1: of us all in
2: in reference to spock
1: yeah but uh anyway the tomometer So the critics gave this movie an 83% and the audience gave it an 84%. Hmm. More or less the same. Just about. Yeah. There, there's, there there you how much
0: I know.
2: I, I watched this movie so many more times in preparation for this, this podcast and man, some of the funny little things that you notice in the background, like, uh, at the end when everyone's clapping uh, for saving the president and there's two aliens there, are the exact same up front and one of them is clapping normally and then the other one's arms are like extended outwards stiff as a board and he's just like <laughs> and it's like why are they clapping differently <laughs> like one of the one directors said said clap like you're like you have super awful ar- arthritis in your elbows and you can't like clap music. like an alligator. And then the other one got told by the assistant director, "Yeah, just clap like a normal person."
0: No, <laughs> well, that was Star Trek 6: Colon. I forgot the other part of it.
2: The Undiscovered uh, just, uh, Country.
0: Yeah. I think this is the first film we've had that has a colon in its its title. Okay.
1: Pretty sure we've had a colon movie before. No, I will not rephrase that. <laughs> eh,
0: okay.
2: what, what was, what was the colon movie?
1: I don't know, but I don't, I don't
0: think we have done a colon movie before this. Unimportant, but <laughs> it's a new milestone every episode.
2: Yeah, this is your first. Is this? No, you did Starship Troopers and that was science fiction, technically. Yep. Beat yep. you to it. Haha. Nah, darn it. Well, this is your first episode <clears throat> where now you guys can officially be called nerds.
1: Shit, he's got us. I feel like we were nerds prior to this point, but we'll this, take it. This was the event horizon. There's no going back now. <laughs> I think the nerd thing
0: started when we decided to start a movie podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, Fate's Die was cast when I got that text.
0: <laughs> now here I so, am. So, I think it's time to yeah. reveal next week's episode. Um, we will be having a, another guest. Uh, this one will be our first return guest. Uh, we have... Blake from the World War II Airborne Demonstration Team coming back. He reviewed uh, Bridge Too Far with us. And for next week, we'll be doing The Longest Day, starring literally everybody from the 60s. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, no,
0: the, the, cast li- the, the cast
2: list on that movie is just ridiculous. Star stood it just like a Bridge Too Far.
0: Yeah, so... He's a great guest looking forward to chatting with him again looking forward to, to doing that movie because longest day is uh, you know a pretty what is what is the word I want to
2: look for don't want to say the longest movie it is one of the longest movies ever
0: um, <laughs> longest day is uh... God why can I not think of this word important i don't don't know it's it's an important war movie it it really accomplished a lot for its time but we will have him back next week and uh alec thank you so much for joining us and challenging us with this this movie selection i i know i i gave a lot of grief about it but i had a great time It's Uh, nice, it is nice to uh, kind of step outside the realm of uh, quote-unquote normal war movies.
2: um, I'm glad I can help spice things up for you guys in your uh, proverbial bedroom here. (laughs) Our audiological bedroom. (laughs) Oh, it's
0: a regular bedroom, don't you worry.
2: But no, happy to be here, it was a lot of fun.
0: We'd be more than happy to have you back sometime.
2: Oh, yes. Would you guys like to watch the Dominion Wars of Deep Space Nine? It'll only take you like 14 hours.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: uh, Can we... Uh,
1: (laughs) 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 So he's Uh... been John and I've been Jack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you like the show, please leave a review. The stars do matter. Um... If you want to interact with us some more or get additional content, we are on Instagram and Facebook under the Armchair Commanders podcast. We also have a YouTube channel that's under uh, History Apprentice. Uh, Jack, do you have anything additional? I do not. Well, thank you again, Alec. Until next week, I've been John.
1: And I've been Jack.
0: And we will catch you later.
1: Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.